When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You are listening to the Glass Cannon Network, the premier source for role-playing game entertainment. Welcome to Cannon Fodder, a behind-the-scenes look at the Glass Cannon Network. everybody welcome back to the fod it is wednesday february 7th 2024 and i'm your old buddy joe o'brien and i'm troy i'm reading about the new chaosium arkham book lavalley oh <laughs> we're doing a show can you please stop browsing around your exciting game Dude, gaming news it just came out it's really really exciting <laughs> you like call of cthulhu as i do this is really exciting. And if you go to chaosium.com and use code TFC, you get 10% off that, John. Do not jam your shameless ass into my show. <laughs> Keep that garbage on time for chaos. Uh, no, what, what is this Arkham thing? What, it's a new excited. source book. Uh, it's uh, they, they used to have an old source book, H.P. Lovecraft's Arkham, and I think this is like a fully updated version. I'm, I'm, I'm reading about it as I'm uh, getting really excited about it, but it's just such a beautiful cover. Arkham is such a big part of like the world of Lovecraft country. Um, so, uh, yeah, let's have another a brand new source book. The Miskatonic <laughs> University. Miskatonic? Yeah. And are- it's in Massachusetts, which is great. I want to run more Massachusetts-based Call of Cthulhu adventures just so I can do the accent. You are also a known sucker for a good cover. Oh. But it's a good cover. Put Sign you up for $200. I eat with my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome and back, everybody. We have got a fantastic FOD lined up today. This is going to be a great FOD. I'll believe it when I see it. A spectacular FOD. I'm going to need your help. Need some heavy lifting. Uh, this uh, is going to be uh, packed with exciting news. Packed with listener mail. And uh, wow. yeah, it's just, you know, we have another role play episode, so we don't really have We Are Stupid. And it's going to be really fun to, uh, to you know, talk to the Nash about what's going on with them and, uh, and, and you know, kind of talk it all out. And I'm going to start off uh, off the top here, even before the news, I'm going to start off by reading the comments below, which wow. you know can get very dangerous. What Below what? Below any of the content that we do. Oh, wow. Uh, particularly on uh, YouTube because it's a little less awful. Uh, no, it's wonderful. YouTube, <laughs> YouTube is fantastic. And uh, last week, if you recall, mm-hmm, on the FOD, mm-hmm. I threw it out to, to you guys to, to write back your thoughts on 
diversifying damage versus high damage, yes. you know, of one type. And people responded. So I just wanted to thank you, uh, to those of you that, that, that responded. Um, people that like, but it was kind of split. They're yeah. like the people that liked the versatility, like at Russell Charlton and at Lara Sir, were like love damage, uh, uh, diversification. And then there were people like Upside LY who said, at level 16 currently, part of what makes recall knowledge in combat a bit underwhelming is that a lot of creatures simply don't have anything you can exploit. Hmm. Have you seen a lot of this? Have you seen like, are, are fewer than you think of the monsters that you look at have weaknesses? No, I, but we're in still low level play. So it's so they possible, still do have some weaknesses. You know, 16th level monsters that just like, no, we don't deal with that. <laughs> but like right now, I feel like almost every enemy you face at low levels has some sort of resistance and or weakness. All right. That's good to know. Yeah. And then Thorin Bait adds on a lot of APs just don't have the diversity of monster damage weakness built in. And it's been their experience that as a GM, they have to create elements within the monsters to make character abilities shine. Oh, like these character abilities that exploit weaknesses, they're finding that they're just not seeing it being used at all. And so they have to put it into the adventure. So that's what you get for caring about, uh, the characters and the players. <laughs> at the table. It's just extra work. <laughs> this sounds like a Thorin Bane problem uh, <laughs> to me. Uh, no, that's awesome. And also upside, uh, had another note, studio fod, Every single day, and then quote, can't wait for tomorrow's. <laughs> <laughs> and we're here, we're back. We are back in the studio for the audio audience. We are back in the studio. Uh, man, three weeks in a row, we are really spoiling them. Yeah, really. yeah, we're setting them up for a real disappointing uh, road FOD. In the future. <laughs> How about next week we just do the FOD from our telephones <laughs> to each other? We'll record that and put it up. A TikTok FOD. Uh, <laughs> just holding up our phones. But this is great. You know, like we kind of decided without really talking about it too much like if we can pull this off make the drive in the city get some other work done and uh make a day out of it it really enhances the fod and i've noticed the view count is up well they they you know they can see in the thumbnail we're in the studio and yeah. i think that that's just like hey well i'll watch those i'll what watch are they those doing guys in the there? studio especially because i don't know i don't know we might have some changes coming up at zz gondorf says mike for francis please <gasps> francis mike should we get a hot mic back there for you buddy <laughs> As usual, Francis's response is what? Uh, he didn't porn. <laughs> <laughs> You're this supposed to porn. be vid on video production here, Francis. He's picking his top, top, naked top nude fight scenes. <laughs> Uh, no, but a big serious th uh, thank you to Francis and to CJ for producing this. Because when we do fought at home, I'm just producing it. You know, I'm, I'm knocking it out. But when we come in studio, we need the help. And big thank you to CJ and Francis for producing. Help for my friends. The in studio fought. All right, let's get to the news. And yeah. then, honestly, man, news and then listener mail. That's my list for today. Uh, but there is. Use. There is some big news, uh, some huge news. If you looked at our uh, content schedule that went out, did this go out with the actual, with the question marks and all that yeah, stuff? I, I know that I was in a the real draft. teaser, a little Valley teaser, top secret video, I said. A top secret video was releasing today, and we have that uh, information for you now. Uh, so for those of you uh, that have been eagerly awaiting something we talked about on the FOD a long time ago, mm -hmm. which was that we came here in studio and we taped a a Marvel multiverse RPG special mm -hmm, where mm -hmm. uh, we, we sat down, we played for hours, hours and hours yep. and uh, taped the whole thing. And it is now released today. It is releasing today. Sorry. If you haven't listened to this, it is releasing today. 
about noon, maybe you're going to want to check. Yeah, you're going to want to check Marvel's YouTube channel, not ours. Maybe you've heard of them. Marvel. (laughs) Perhaps you've heard of Marvel. Their YouTube channel uh, today at some point in the afternoon, Eastern time, around 12 p.m. or later, you should see the video is up and able to uh, to be watched. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, They have 20.3 million subscribers. So. (laughs) Hopefully a couple people will watch it. Hopefully you've heard of it. It would be nice if a couple people watched it. That would be awesome. Leave some comments. Yes. Mention the Glass Cannon Network and how great we are and how much you love them and how much we've changed your life. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, watch it for like three minutes and then write an extended comment about how you loved the entire two and a half hour or whatever it is. uh, It's almost, yeah, it's almost three hours. We recorded this in December before Christmas. It's completely original uh, idea that I had and I ran by them and we just did it. And it was fucking great. It was so fun. Was so wonderful. And and I really think that it was something special. So I, I hope you guys enjoy it. It's so funny. We recorded the whole thing. We were like, wow, that was really long and was like a lot longer than we expected. And we've been going back and forth with Marvel. And they've been like, oh, we, we want to request some edits of this and some edits of that. And the funniest thing is like I look at the original file and I look at the edit after a ton of edits and a lot of back and forth. And it's like eight minutes shorter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like not a lot is cut at all. No. Uh so it's it's you get to see the whole experience. So yeah. uh can't wait for you guys to check that out. Now, I know there's some of you uh listening to this fodder right now, and that's why I'm not even gonna look at the camera. Yeah, don't you're ashamed. I know, I know you're just listening. Who uh you're not gonna go to YouTube, you're not gonna go to Marvel's site, you're not gonna watch it because you don't have time. You don't have a TV. <laughs> you don't have computer. a television, computer or a phone. Right. So you couldn't possibly watch on YouTube. How are you listening to this? You want to listen to it while you are doing the dishes. I get it. I get it. And so that's why I'm happy to tell you right out of the front, right out of the gate here, that we will be releasing an audio-only version to our subscribers. So there you go. So if you're a subscriber uh, on the GCN subscription service... Not Patreon. I don't think we're releasing on Patreon. No, You have to be moved over to the new subscription service. If you haven't done that, by the way, get on it. Uh, Move over to the new subscription service. You'll be able to listen to it there uh, as, I guess, its own podcast. It's probably what it's going to be. Yeah, I'll probably probably throw it under Friends of the Pod. Oh, it might be a Friends of the Pod. Yeah, it kind of is. It's its own thing. Um, But, uh, yeah, we'll we'll get it up there right away. And, uh, you know, if you want to enjoy just the audio version, it'll be there. However... If you want to take a dip into the video version, we we do a lot of fun things with this. We uh, there's a lot more than like what we do with Gatewalkers. There's a lot of fun visuals, um, and uh, you know I don't want to spoil it for you, but yeah, it's, it's definitely it, worth. There's a, a lot of really fun stuff in it, so I, I would recommend checking out the YouTube if you can. But if not, audio will be out in a week. So uh, around the next fodder episode, that's when the audio will hit the subscription service. So there you go. Word F Y I. All right. Uh, also, fun stuff this week, man. Tomorrow, Thursday. Do you know about this? That I'm playing Tales of Kanzara with Abu Salim. I sent you an email, being like, "Hey, can you reach out to Abu and see if he'll you know play about this? Do you hear about this?" So yeah, I've heard I've heard about this. Yeah. Yes, uh, our good buddy McD had this idea. Came to me and was like, "You should Tales of Kanzara Zao, which is uh, the game that Abu Salim is instrumental in the creation of, is and a voice in. Uh, it, that game released as a demo." And he's like, you should play that on stream and have Abu on. And I was like, all right, well, I'll reach out to him. When he said it to me, I'm like, Abu's got to be busy. And he's, <laughs> like, yeah. he's got a lot going on. I reached out to Abu and he was just like, hell yeah. <laughs> so it was an awesome reaction. And I'm very excited. And we're doing that tomorrow. Yeah. So tune in to twitch.tv slash the glass cannon tomorrow, 11 a.m. Eastern, 
8 o'clock on the West Coast in the morning, bright and early. Wow. Uh, I'm going to try out the game, and Abu's going to join me and probably watch me die a thousand times so and awesome. make fun of me. I know. It's so amazing. Yeah. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I was telling you right before we went live on FOD, just fingers crossed that the tech works. Uh, man. <sighs> but we'll see. Either way, I'm playing that game, and you're going to see me play that game. So that's going to be really, really fun. Uh, are you streaming today? Uh, which I am. Baldur's, uh, Baldur's Gate. I mean, I have had some time as of late uh, where I've just been like sneaking downstairs, putting a few hours in. I am way deeper into the game than I was. From week to week now, I'm like progressing. It is a massive fucking game. <laughs> I mean, I keep, I'm keep waiting for like a, you are now in act two and I'm either not in act two or act two happened. And I didn't like, they didn't make a big deal out of it, but I am shocked at the scope of this game. I thought there would be like a very uh, clear transition. Like, Oh, you're now in the second part of the game and I'm not, but I'm like four maps in now and they're massive, massive maps. I went and I explored the whole underdark by myself. And then I just went to this other section of the underdark. It's just, it's an amazing, amazing game. Amazing. <laughs> Baldur's Gate 3. I mean, everybody knows this isn't like a, a shock game of the year uh, and, and deservedly so. How long are you going to stream this? If you just had to guess, if you just had to throw a, a guess out there for how many well, consecutive weeks you're going to stream this. Well, I think because I'm mainlining it a lot in my free time uh, and streaming two hours a week, I think I could wrap this up by the end of March. Okay. Yeah, because I want to move on to a new game, but yeah. I do want to beat this. Okay. So you want to beat this on stream. This is going to be something you're not going to stop until you beat. I think so. I think so. There's other games that I, I, I want to play. I want to play Liza P. And I know there's other cool stuff coming out. But, like, I have to beat this. And I'm also doing, like, every single quest as well. Not trying to platinum it. But, like, I'm not leaving any stones unturned. So that's adding time to it. I think if I just mainline the main quest, I could finish in probably 20 hours. But you know me. <laughs> Oh, I have to I know uncover you. every area of the map. I have to do every – I can't leave any dangling quests, uh, but I'm having a great time with it. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. Uh, all right. So let's – well, actually, I'm sorry. There's one more thing, which is Big news. also on Friday. Woo! Also on Friday, we got our live show that we're not Glass Cannon live. Nope. We're doing Let's Play Rambo. Uh, we're playing Everyday Heroes Rambo. We're not even playing the Rambo Cinematic Adventure. We're playing kind of a prologue, uh, John, that is just a one shot yeah. uh, at a comedy club in New York City on Friday night. We've talked about this on FOD for a couple weeks, but if you've missed it and you're in the New York area, you could still grab a ticket. Uh, yeah. It's Friday night, 8 o'clock at Stand Up New York. And it uh, should be amazing. It's me and you and Skid and uh, and two uh, wonderful comedians, Khalees Hawkins and uh, what's her name? Forgot. Uh, Natalie. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> uh, uh, Cuomo. So it's going to be really, uh, I mean, we have no idea what to expect. I, have, I do. I have been, Well, yeah, you, you do. <laughs> I have, well, what you're not expecting is I have been diving into the Sirenscape because Sirenscape is like kind of part of this yeah. too. And, uh, I've been like browsing through the sound sets and preparing, um, multiple explosions. I mean, you better have tons of explosions in this thing. Uh, gunfire, uh, so much gunfire. Anyway, I'm really looking forward to the, it. I'm, I'm excited to go back to the Upper West Side. I lived on the Upper West Side for years when I moved to New York. I, I lived there. And so I would walk by That's where fancy snooty people live constantly. Uh, I, I just can't wait to like hang out afterwards um, uh, in those bars along Amsterdam. Yes. But uh, this, this has been a lot of work because not only am I learning the everyday, learning like the Rambo game in this particular scenario, we've got to learn everyday heroes. Now you've played a little bit of it 
and uh, I, I haven't, but I've been playing a lot of Baldur's Gate, and I obviously run some Five E. It's very, it's very close to Five E, but like you got machine guns and, and stuff, so it's a, <laughs> it's a lot different how armor works, how explosions and grenades work. So I'm like learning the system while learning the prologue. But what I will say is, can I just jump in for a second? Yeah, and just say how cool armor is in Everyday Heroes. Yeah, it's it's really really cool because if, correct me if I'm wrong, but the basic concept. I'm going to nerd out on this for the second for oh. a second. The basic concept is that like armor is there to kind of like in a in a moment of like life and death it can like stop a bullet like that's kind of what it does and then once it does that it's like broken and it doesn't work anymore like that's sort of the basic overall concept because they, they were like we can't just have uh heroes clad in like kevlar that have like dr to every attack because it doesn't real like armor doesn't really work that way in the modern world anyway it was something like that as i was looking through it and i was like oh this is just really cool it basically at a moment when you think because it's meant to be cinematic it's when you're about to be i'm looking at my cheat sheet here when you're about to be put to or below zero yes HP, it, it saves your life if the armor value is equal to or higher than the penetration value the character can make an armor saving throw uh and if you're proficient you add your bonuses if the armor is da- damaged you get disadvantage on that save on a successful saving throw the character takes no damage but if the penetration value is higher than the armor value the armors have no benefit so it could, like a rocket and, launcher and it doesn't matter how good you're right and if you save against it uh, it's now damaged. Yeah. So you could do it again, but it's at disadvantage. And it just, it's great because those early hit points, it doesn't factor into the early hit points. Yeah. Like you, the early hit points, you just get chunked down, get chunked down. But then when you're at the end, can your armor save your life? It's really great. As uh, um, I've been diving more into it and working with the creators of the game on this project, like you can see their vision a little bit better than when you're just reading the book. And their vision is to recreate movies that you know it's really what it is is you're recreating cinematic moments in film using a kind of d20 5e ish system uh so anyway it's it's really great design and i can't wait to play and this is what i was going to say the prologue that we're going to be running is absolutely amazing it is so wonderfully written and like uh super immersive Uh, my concern is always like how do i get this into two hours uh and like how do we do this with people we've never played with who have never picked up a d20 but i mean that's going to be the fun for the audience is watching this all unfold but if i can pull this off this whole story in two hours it's a phenomenal story and it makes me want to really dive into more of their products because they do this for all these big like escape from new york you guys did they've got a bunch of other total recall and they have kong skull island and uh, a whole bunch of other ones, yeah. and it, it's because they're, they, yes, they're crafting. I mean, this is why I think it, it works for us, yeah. right? Because what we do is so cinematic in nature; it just it feeds into that machine really oh well. My God, it's so good! Like I want to replay this another time. <laughs> <laughs> this now, could be like our warm up. Now, a lot of people are asking are they be able to if they couldn't come if you don't live in New York, can't come see this. Can you see it afterwards? We think, but we're not hundred percent. We sure. think, yeah. The last meeting that I had, they have every intention of uh, taping the show. If it releases, uh, you know, is all going to depend on the quality and uh, if all the equipment works and everything. And it's not a glass cannon production. So we have no control over any of that stuff. But their intention is to at least put it on YouTube from Mm -hmm. what I understand. So we'll see. We'll see. It's exciting. exciting. Uh, And it's going to happen. Friday night. <laughs> I mean, I, as much as I'm looking forward to it, I'm also looking forward to it being over because it is it is a stressful thing. Uh, and it's going to be nice to have that off the plate yep. uh, so I can just focus on Tales of Kinzera. Hey, Francis, you coming out to Rambo Friday night? You know it. Let's go. <laughs> you know it. 
Uh, that's going to be great. CJ's going to. Uh, Sydney's supposed to be there, unless she was just blowing smoke up our well, ass. Well, then I'm out. Well, then I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's going to be awesome. All right. Let's talk about the Glass Cannon Podcast. All right. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Glass cannon. Po- remember this? Remember this guy? This is still here. Yeah, be careful with that. Oh, that's right. That's, the, to... that's the, not only the prototype, it's the original. There's the bird. Oh, he's upside down. There's the bird. Nine o'clock finch. <laughs> There's my nine o'clock finch. So like seconds before this, I'm talking to our <laughs> merch purveyor. Because when I mentioned on the show, we should make a t-shirt of that. No, seconds before this fodder tape. This fodder. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm talking to our, our merch guy and I'm like, can we take this drawing and put it on a t-shirt? Because now that I've heard the fan response, it's, it's enough for me to be like, all right, let's go through with this idea. And long story short, it appears we can pull this up. <laughs> That exact drawing on a T-shirt. Is it going to have legal lines on it? No, we're going to have those removed in Photoshop. So basically, I'm going to make a high-res scan of it. His art team is going to take out the lines, (laughs) reproduce it on a shirt, and I'm hoping to have it for the Toronto show. Oh, my God. Do you think his art team is going to be like, this is the dumbest project I have ever worked on in my history. Well, his first art. question was like, do you want to have our professionals take that horrible drawing and make something <laughs> nice of it? And I said, no, no, no. The shittiness is what makes it awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it is so shitty. Uh, anyway, fun, uh, fun app. Lots of role play as our mystery continues. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really... <laughs> It, it reminded me of a Delta Green episode, oh. uh, and I say that uh, uh, with um, – what's the word I'm looking for? And I, I say that as a compliment oh. uh, and it, because it's a kind of episode where if I'm handling it as, as, a, as in a Delta Green session and I look back, I think at the start of that episode, you uh, had a bird map that told you exactly where to go and when to go to move the adventure forward. Mm-hmm. And an hour and a half later, you just – got there and that's all you did. Yeah. Nothing else happened. <laughs> but what happened is the players kind of dug into their characters a little bit. And that is fun to do. And that's what you guys did a lot in Delta Green. So I'd be sitting there, you know, leg shaking, uh, running a, D- a Delta Green game going like, why is th- are they taking so long to just get from here to here as you guys were just, you know, having a beer at the bar and getting into your characters and stuff like that. But sometimes you got to, you know, Take a break, stop, pull back, and realize why this stuff is so important. Things like Zephyr scene, so important to uh, understanding or, or, or beginning to understand the character. Actually, that's not the right term. Beginning to understand how much you don't know Deepen your understanding. about the character, right? And then uh, similarly with uh, Talitha speaking with Asta about her secret yeah. and her concerns that she might lose control of her own mind. Yeah. Very, very cool stuff. So uh, there are a lot of really fun role-playing elements. Uh, is there anything that jumped out to you in particular? At, I don't want to go too far into the scene because there's uh, the Zephyr scene because there's actually some listener mail stuff about it that yeah. I, I want to bring up. Okay. But uh, what, what jumps out to you in this episode where plot-wise, not much moved forward at all, 
but so much happened. So, so how do you kind of look at that as a GM? Yeah, you have to, you have to find that balance between letting, letting the game breathe and moving things along. You know, I think that your natural inclination sometimes is like, come on, you know, and I get that. And it's really, and they really is a fine line. Sometimes you give the players too much rope and they don't know what to do with it. They just start, they just start hanging themselves. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but like you, you got to find that, that fine line. And, uh, you know, I think just because we've worked together for so long and we've done the live show in front of a live audience, uh, that makes a huge difference. Like you can't have lulls. You got, you got to make sure that like what you're doing is important. And I always say like, if you're about to speak and you think you're you're leading a conversation somewhere do you think it's interesting if not don't do it and it, it just seems to be naturally happening where the characters are opening up like i thought that was really smart of matthew to like start digging into that and i, I told you moment. Like, i said if you have secrets you want to get out there don't wait because you'll end up like lucky and you don't get to get them out there so like, yeah. start getting them out there so seeing the players pick up on that and start doing it naturally it just it feels right and it's kind of cool that he confided in asta and not the people he's known for a couple months yeah, that that reveals something about the character as well. But, you know, don't don't get lost in like even checking out old Henry Bucket's place. There's stuff there. There's stuff that's being layered in there about what is going on that, again, may seem insignificant now, but will seem uh, a lot more significant later. Henry Bucket's place is complete nonsense. <laughs> and I will not hear any argument to the contrary. You get so literally mad, you like, said, well, what's the there's pattern? a pattern. I said, what's the pattern? You said, yeah, because the pattern it's self isn't important. What's important is that there wasn't, there was a method to the madness. Great. And we figured that out. Yeah. There's nothing more to add to that. There's nothing more to add to that. <laughs> exactly. But you get to role play with Abilene a little bit. You get to get No, no, no. There. I'm not saying the scene was bad. Yeah. I'm saying so you just said like, whoo, man, there was a lot going on in Harry Bucket's place that you, you know, you're going to look back on and see. No, there isn't. Well. It's over. Is there? <laughs> Why Henry Buckets? Why this like shut in uh, hoarder? Like Shut in order and something important? to do with his parents, too. Yeah, something that was like generational. Was down. Why is that important? Like, there's stuff going on there, man. Yeah, stuff going on. You know what's nice is like, uh, what was I going to say? Like, you can see that Abelina and her team, after Henry Buckets uh, disappears, they go there and they're like, ah, not, nothing. And well, you guys they're go, not investigators. They're not investigators. And you see something. They didn't roll a natural 20 like Kate did. On School in the Alder checks. Woman. School in the Alder Woman. I want to go back to Talitha's secret for a second. I want to bring up a general game concept uh, that groups, I think, you know, we, we've talked about this loosely before, but I want to bring it up again. Which bring is, it up! So Matthew has this little scene, yep. right? And he has it in front of all of us as players. So now we all know this secret that he did not mention to us. I mean, maybe he told other people. He didn't tell me. Uh, like that his character had this secret past, the secret history, mm -hmm. the secret ancestry, all this stuff. And that uh, as a character worried about losing control. Reveals this to another character. I think that that's a big deal for Matthew, right? To like bring this into the show, put it out there and get that sort of ball rolling on that subplot, right? That, that narrative plot. Yeah. My question is, as another player in that game, is the ball in our court at all to bring it up again, to help him flesh that story out? Or since he didn't tell any of our characters, are we supposed to just sit here and ignore it until he brings it up, uh, until he chooses to bring it up again? 
The reason I ask is maybe he wants somebody to bring it up because he doesn't want to constantly be shoehorning it in himself about his own character. I don't know. What do you think? I think, no, it's not your place to do it. Like, you've got to kind of follow his cues. If he wanted somebody else to bring it up, I think he would role play more like, oh, you're having a conversation with Talitha and you notice that she's kind of pulling back as you're asking those questions. If, she, if he's having that scene with Brother Ramius, now he's prompting Brother Ramius to, to start prying. To ask. But like where you weren't a part of that conversation, there's really been no other indication uh, that this is going on. Uh, there's, no, there's, no, there's no real reason for you to do that. You'd be metagaming that role play. Now, there was a point when well, you first not- met Abelina, when Abelina's like, and I see something in you too. But- I think you'd prefer that I didn't say. Mm-hmm. She stands there stone-faced. So I'm deciding to kind of maybe do what I want and go against Matthew because I think it's going to be interesting the story because now everyone at the table is like, well, what's that all about? And you can decide if you want to question him or not. But the way Matthew's playing is like, wait until he gives you the cue. Um, it's kind of like a little thing that Matthew and I can decide what we want to do with that with like either discussing it with each other or not. Like when I had Abelina do that, I didn't ask Matthew to do that, but that's why I kept it super open-ended. It's like, I think you'd think I'd rather not say. Now you know there's a secret out there, and it's up to you guys if you want to pry or if you want to Great. That's what I'll do uh, next episode. Go for it. That we get together. Remember when Abelina said this? Something's been on my mind. Something's been on my mind ever since FOD. Uh, (laughs) Ever since the FOD. But then he could be like, oh, uh, I don't know. She's weird. Fuck that. Fuck that lady. (laughs) We should kill her. Are you trying to say we should kill her? You know what, Talitha? I think you're right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, it's. I think in no, due you know, time, the, it's going to. The question come. is like, uh, are are people throwing out a bone to, to other, you know, to the other players to get interest in their character? I don't know. Yeah, you, you got to kind of read it, I guess. Yeah. But I, I feel like you know it's something that needs to be explored. It can't just be mentioned once and then thrown in a drawer for 15 episodes. Yeah. It's going to die as a subplot. You know. I agree. I agree. Might need a little flashback. Might need a little, speaking of flashback, let's get into listener mail. Let's do it. Oh my God, was that not the real song? Nope, that, that was, was your me. voice? It's time for listener mail. You gotta get your brain on it. Time for listener mail. Thank you, Nicholas. Of the low clan. All right, let's. Uh, we're gonna do a bunch of listener mail today. I'm excited. Okay. Let's start with Brian from Japan. Oh, Brian from Japan. Good way to start a listener mail question. It grabs my attention because the, right out of the gate, first line, P breaks? Question mark. Its own line. Like, well, this grabs my attention. I'm, now, now you have my attention. Now that the podcast is breaking for sponsors, anyways, has there been any thought or discussion about adding an intermission? to live shows in some of the shows that go long there have been comments about troy having to turn his chair around and it makes me worry for his health and hygiene also having worked in a live house the bartenders and wait staff might appreciate the swell at the bar that comes during an intermission anyway it's mm. an interesting question have we ever discussed doing an intermission of the live show i don't think the show is long enough to merit an intermission two and a half hours yeah i just feel you know like- that's longer than any act of any broadway show besides maybe that one in Oklahoma. <laughs> but how long is the Broadway show? August Osage County. Broadway show is close to three hours though, right? Yeah. So it's hour and a half break. Hour and a half-ish. Yeah. 
Nobody goes two and a half hours without an intermission. So I think we could only do it if we extend the show three hours, but they don't want us to do that. <laughs> we get a lot more done. Um, yeah, I feel like two, we're in that. It used to be a two hour show that would sometimes be two and a half. You know, sometimes we go long. Lately, we've been off. We, have, we, we went long a lot in 2023. I just feel like it would ruin the flow. I think it no. would be great. It's just because you have a tiny, it, tiny. No, but think about it. You ladder. get to ha- you get to have a mid show Cliffy. Everybody loves a mid show well, Cliffy. Dude, it's hard enough coming up at the end of the show, Cliffy. Think about how many people in that audience also are dying to pee and are not paying attention to the show because they're like, uh, uh. So your bladder, man. Anyway, it's an interesting concept. Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't toss it away without thinking about it. Uh, I think we'll everybody right could use a fun break after we pee. <laughs> it's a kind of a kind really of a weird thing but then yeah you bring up the house music it's an intermission bring up the house lights everybody buys a drink and then you come back and do a half an hour of show <laughs> <laughs> an exciting half because an the hour venues want us to fuck off the stage now then again i do think that they would go buy drinks people be like well let's go let's fill up get some drinks so you'd get a little more start uh, earlier yeah, we could start at, oh, a seven o'clock start. A seven o'clock start. A seven o'clock start. Seven o'clock. <laughs> uh, we start at seven. Yeah, but now that means we're showing up to the fucking We, we break at 8.30, come back at 8.45, show's over at 10, an hour and 15 minutes, second half. I don't know. I'll take it under consideration. I'll tell you what, Brian from Japan. I love the idea. Thanks for writing in. Good friend of the show, Jen with two N's oh, from Boston. Oh, Jen. Oh, Jen. Uh, I love that we are kicking off the new year with more hours of video game streaming. Yup. It is a great time to interact with you all and the niche. I'm curious, though, at the switch from gaming in the employee lounge to the main Twitch channel. Can you shed any more light on that? Yes. Or any light at all, I guess. Yeah. Well, one of the things we're doing this year is, you know, pushing a lot of our tabletop uh, content, our pre-recorded tabletop content to YouTube. We've seen faster growth on that channel. Um, and that's one of the main reasons or the main reason that Gatewalkers premiered there. And so this year, uh, you know, you can expect getting the trunk to be on YouTube as well. But we want to make sure that we maintain a strong Twitch presence and, and kind of get back to using Twitch for what it's meant for, which is live interaction. And so right out of the gate, before we're able to launch some some other projects later this year on Twitch, we thought, like, let's just keep shit going by having you and I play video games. And then this week alone, already doing this experiment by having Abu come on. You know, I think you're going to see a lot more of that as well. And, you know, it kind of leaves the employee lounge as a place for experimentation. It lets us kind of fuck around with games that might not be ready for prime time. It lets us do uh, different things that are outside of our normal purview with Degenerate Dungeon. So that's still our kind of experimental space for stuff that can eventually come to Twitch. But uh, I think you can expect a lot more fun live stuff on Twitch over the year. Yeah, I think... Besides just video games. Well, I don't think I know. There was a time where a decision was made to move, to keep Twitch just tabletop. Yeah. So that it wasn't video gaming, because video gaming is not the main thing that we do by a long shot. It's also not... We're not particularly good at it. Dude, that Twitch channel started with me playing Dark Souls uh, and you coming over with just a microphone on the table, uh, no video besides Dark Souls for 11 people. That was that or the origin of our main Twitch channel. Yep, that, that's how it started. Uh, and that's why we still get financial updates for that channel to a email address that we basically can't use. It's <laughs> super frustrating. <laughs> but it was open so, so long ago. Yeah. The, um, but yeah, we decided to keep that to tabletop and keep it a focused tabletop channel. And then this employee lounge would be fuck around, and that includes video games. Well, the big transition, Jen, to answer your question is – 
let's focus on Twitch as a live experience as opposed to Twitch as a pre-recorded area. And who cares if it's tabletop or not? Labs, great. Yeah. Video games, great. Even some other ideas and concepts like Troy's talking about that we're hoping will come later this year. It's things that li- where live interaction is key uh, so that we can uh, hang out with the chat. So that's really the, the main uh, impetus behind putting video games back on is just because we can interact with you guys live and we missed it. You know what I'd like to do is another Strange Aeons marathon. Yes. I want to do that very live. Much. Yeah. Um, it's kind of checks a lot of boxes. One being like, we, we, yeah, we talked about story. this not that long ago. Uh, yeah. And two, it's always been amazing. It's always, it's always been, been wonderful. Fun. Yeah. Uh, and now you're adding Kate into the mix, who I don't think has ever done a marathon, a Strange Aeons marathon live. So, I mean, and it would be great. It would be fantastic. So, yeah. Uh, keep an eye out for that coming down. Uh, the, the, Coming up the horizon soon. Or, well, soon. Then I always get us in a jam with that word. And then they're like, soon? What is it, next week? Sorry. How does it come up the horizon, too? I, I don't know, man. It's a weird. This show is – is this show live? Jason from Seattle writes <laughs> in. Um, not just any Jason from Seattle, Troy. Hi. Really enjoying the campaign so far, and I can't wait to see how the group reacts to some of the weird stuff I wrote in book two. What? Jason Keeley from Seattle writes in. Friend of the show? To listener mail. Jason Keeley, what's up? Get out of here. I just watched the episode that introduces Asta, and I was wondering if there was any discussion of bringing Lucky back as a spirit using the ghost archetype in the Book of the Dead. I think it would fit themes in the adventure path, but I can also see how that kind of thing isn't for every group. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Jason. Jason. Keely, son of a gun. I son had no idea. Gun. Really appreciate it. We actually had another question like this a couple weeks ago that yeah. wasn't directly about this situation, but asked in general about bringing uh, characters back. And I think we even mentioned in passing. I think I said, I think archety- the Book of the Dead. That's a ghost yeah, archetype. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's really cool. Uh, so yeah, that that is really cool. I think it's a really interesting idea. I know Troy's not going to discuss it at all because it's a uh, possible spoiler. I mean, listen. That it exists. It's cool to know. It's, it's, it's like anything else, like finding the right balance between like letting the gravitas of death happen and ruining that by being like next week they're back, you know, but maybe they could come back. Yeah. And I feel like that that is an interesting, I feel like it's a really interesting idea in this particular situation because of how early Lucky went out. Yeah. It really feels like a character where so much is left undone and unsaid yeah. that it could be, that the character could benefit from a reappearance at some point. I mean, we talk in this episode about the potential that it is Lucky that left the bird. You know, mm-hmm. and it's a really cool concept. Like, why not? Why couldn't it be? Uh, she's a cat. Yeah. She loves mall and birds. And meanwhile, uh, why not get, send this message that leads you to a place you could not get on your own because you couldn't decipher these other clues. So anyway, it's a neat concept. Jason, thank you for writing in. And uh, we, we really appreciate it. Never say uh, never. Never say Never. Uh, all right, let's move on to Tristan from Topeka. And actually, I think I'm going to combine this. Yeah, this is going to be Topica. It's Topica. Is it Topica? I believe it's Topica. <laughs> Topica. That's how it's pronounced. Tristan from Topica uh, writes in uh, after listening to the FOD uh, about Troy getting back into the groove and <laughs> slapping his nuts on the table Slap. after his break from Giant Slayer. Uh, I really love listening to the scenes that he would build, and I have begun writing them for my home games to immerse players. 
What I am mainly curious of is how Troy picks the moments to present these character scenes and how he decides what to reveal from a character's backstory. So obviously we have, you know, this situation comes up in this episode. Also, uh, Matt M writes in, same sort of question this week. Mm. Uh, I, he says, I'm jamming a campaign that's been going on for a few years. We actually have one session a month and then do some role playing. Uh, I do vignettes individually with players over Discord in between. So I've started asking the players, but I want to bring this to the main group. So I've started asking players to write vignettes that we can act out of the table, a la Glass Cannon. So Troy, how do you get your players to write these? And how do you find the right time to bring them in? And then for Joe, how do you go about writing them? And for both, what is the collaboration process like? Matt from D.C. So, yeah, Matt, thank you for writing in. Uh, and also, uh, what was the other one? Tristan from Topica. Uh, <laughs> thank you for writing in. Similar questions. But, yeah, it comes up this week because we have a really juicy backstory scene this week. Yeah, this is something that has really evolved over time that began with our pre-GCP, pre-GCN Jade Region campaign. Um, as I started to feel more comfortable with jamming, because that was the first time I ever GM'd, um, I, you know, right around book three or so, I started introducing these backstories where I, I really wouldn't, I wouldn't talk to you guys too much. I would just like write these scenes and, and play them out in a session. And that kind of carried over to Giant Slayer once I felt comfortable with where we were at, bringing that in. And sometimes I would consult with you guys. Sometimes I wouldn't. I would just start writing these things mm -hmm. and and planting them in and then being like, all right, well, now you're going to deal with this fact about your character. And that doesn't work for every table. You know, I'm, I was very lucky to have players that just trust me to kind of run with it. Um, but as we develop more, more products and more shows, it, it was important to me to get feedback from you guys as well, because I wanted you to really drive the narrative of your character. And, and then allow me to put the roadblocks in and the obstacles that could change what your original concept was to make it more cinematic. So I would have you guys just either write out shit or just send ideas that I would write. And either way, like I then reframe them. I reframe them based around my idea of the narrative and also where I want to take the story. And, and then I'll, I'll say it aloud to see like what's going to sound good. Uh, on radio. And then when we do it, I try to not look at it too much so that we're really off the cuff, but we have an idea kind of like a wrestling match. You have an idea of what the outcome is. You know, we're not hundred percent sure how you're going to get there. And that's just the way it's developed over time is like you write something and then I'll rework it for, for the show. And speaking from, from my chair, I tend to, I kind of have to wait. And sometimes you ask for them for the scenes. Uh, and sometimes you just ask for any scene, Sometimes you ask for a scene that does this. Mm -hmm. And in either case, um, I, I generally can't, like, I, I have that writer's block thing where, like, I can't write a scene unless, like, I have a very clear inspiration for what the scene is. Like, if I'm just forced to write a scene, I can never really get it done. And so sometimes I'll go long periods with, without them. But when I do, when I have written them in the past, it's been my experience that you don't really change much at all. It's like, you know, the small little You're things. You're a very good writer. But like, thank you. Other people. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's mostly, I mean, what, let's take Kate's scene, for example. So talk me through. Talk me through how this developed. Did well, you go to her and say, I'd like a scene? No, you went to all of us yeah. and said, hey, get me some stuff you know, in the coming weeks. And I still didn't get it to you for more than a month because uh, I just didn't have the, the idea. Uh, Kate uh, got this scene to you when? Ballpark. Well, you know, going back like pre-Gatewalkers, I was like, I want everybody to give me your uh, a pre-show moment. That is going to be like yes. episode one. Mm -hmm. And same thing we did for Androids and Aliens. And I reworked those to make them 
you know, fit gate walkers and whatnot. Um, and we did that. But then like right before the holidays, I was like back on tour next year and gate walkers were now like in the thick of it. If you guys want to do that work, write those scenes and I'll work them in. And then I just kind of leave it out there. And Kate sent me this. She's like, I've got a, I've got an idea for a scene. So kind of reworked it a little bit with her. And then, well, where was it when she gave it to you? Where was it? Yeah. Like was, was she, came she to my house? Is she, no, I'm saying like she had, where was it in terms of, uh, you know, what was built? Was it, the scene was her and a boy that she liked and that, you know, the interaction and him sort of, uh, displaying some sort of racist kind of uh, ideology that's kind of passed on from his parents and this kind of breaking her heart. Like it's a very heartbreaking scene. Was that framework all there when Kate sent it to you? I'm looking right now at my, so October 26th, I reached out to you guys. I was like, just wanted to throw this. Was it October 26th? October 26th. And I've only received one. Okay. Uh, It is a rolling task. If you ever want to work with me on some flashbacks, let me know. Uh, we did an indie and episode one of gay walkers, but down to do more great, great way to get people's stories out there and introduce secrets and NPCs from your past. Um, Sydney, we should get popping on something for your new character soon. <laughs> and then a month to the day later, Kate sent me, uh, Oh wow. So you've had that since November. Yeah. And we recorded that. Was that recorded in December? I guess we recorded Yeah. We, we recorded oh, so you just it had it for like months. a couple weeks before you. Yeah. And like, I had it there. While we did like two recordings, I think, and I just didn't have the right place to introduce it. I wanted, I thought it wanted to come at the beginning of an episode and it didn't work for the beginnings of the last few episodes. But this one, I was like, oh, this is perfect. You're in the room. She can notice something. I was like, maybe I'll, she'll notice something out the window. And we just kind of went into it. But I'd been sitting on that for a few weeks. <laughs> she was like, I might have cried while writing this. So beware. It's really sad. <laughs> it is so sad. Yeah. Uh, but that basic framework was all there when she sent it to you. So this is like yeah. all from Kate, this mm-hmm. idea of her character. That's very cool. Yeah. Um, and I did send you something, by the way. You said, you said she was the only one who sent you something. You did. I deleted did. it. Exactly. Without reading it. Went to spam. My sec- <laughs> I my deleted it without said reading it. Wasn't it. Important. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Amazing. Uh, yeah. So that to me, and then, um, you know, that combination of, of Zephyr getting that scene out there, I, I, it definitely kicked me, you know, in the ass to yeah. like get something out there because I loved it so much. It's like, this is so great. And uh, I feel like it's important for all of us yeah. to do it. It's hard because it's like, you're the character we probably need to know least about. We need to know about these other characters. You're, you're, you're very good at like bringing out character discoveries in role play naturally. I'm not, I'm not saying that other people aren't, but like, that's your bread and butter. You just, you kind of see that. And that's probably from running a lot of Delta Green. You're just doing it naturally. We need to hear from other people. So that's like when Zephyr came, I was like, let's go. Let's get a, a Zephyr story out there where we're aching for it. We need Nasta. It's good to see Matthew bring it up naturally. Yeah. And, uh, but I'd still love to see another Talitha scene. There's a lot of secrets there. And then Buggles too. You know, we, this, I want to see that. It's not to say we don't need a Ramius, but, uh, we're, we know Ramius right now. We feel pretty good about him. Oh, you don't know Ramius. The old stoner uncle. Oh, there's a lot to learn there, buddy. You don't become a stoner uncle overnight. <laughs> that's true. A lot of uh, complications that go into it. Um, well, uh, that's all I have for this one. I think that next week we're going to uh, hopefully maybe uh, – I believe we're going to we're talk a little bit about uh, how important this character development stuff is. And, uh, and hopefully everybody kind of gets more into the groove of getting it out there because it just raises the stakes for all the characters. And when you do that, it makes – um, it makes interactions between them more clear and more, and it makes the improv tighter 
but then it also makes the combats more important. It, it gives them higher stakes mm -hmm. when you care more about the characters and how you're going to care about them if you don't know anything about them. So uh, that's why these little these little elements are important. And yeah, I agree. I'd, I'd love to hear more from Buggles and hear more from Asta. Like, what strange and interesting characters? Like, yeah. what is going on in their past? So hopefully we can uh, get some of those scenes in too. Let us know in the comments if you'd like to see more scenes from Buggles and Asta. And uh, we'll, I mean, we'll, put skid down in front of the computer and make him read these comments. Look at these comments. Maybe that'll give him the kick in the ass he needs to get you the, you know he's going to write something phenomenal. So, uh, yeah, I'd love to see that happen. That's going to wrap it up for me, buddy. That's it. I'm done. Good thoughts. Good. Uh, I'm glad we're doing this. I'm glad we're doing it, too. It's great being in studio. We're also getting other work done, too, yes. which is great. Uh, it's very productive, and uh, and it's great to hang out with CJ and Francis. Once again, thank you, CJ Francis, on the production end of things. Uh, and thank you all for watching and for listening and for leaving the comments on YouTube. Write your comments here. I'd love to bring more up next week. Thank you guys so much for hanging out. Check out the Marvel show. Go over to Marvel's channel and check it out. And uh, come see us live uh, at Stand Up New York on Friday night. That's it. Rambo. Later. We're out of here. Bye. It's time to make your membership official. Become an official member of the Nash today at jointhenash.com. That's jointhenash.com, where you'll get access to exclusive podcasts and live streams you can't find anywhere else. See what everybody's talking about and join the Nash today at jointhenash.com. Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale. It's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now.